Welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show, where today we talk about how the secret to success starts with subtraction. And you will win more by saying no than you will say yes. And I'm going to give you a fast forward button because it was a little longer of a Monday episode, but I gave you the specific steps to follow to subtract to create addition. And here is my takeaway at the end. So I'm going to spoil it, but you're going to have to listen to the whole middle to understand how to do it. It will never matter how many hours you work or how many things you get done. All that matters is the value that you create. That should become the measure of your productivity and success. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. I just watched Cool Runnings on a flight, so that song is in my head, but it is podcast time. And today... We're talking about subtraction. We're going to talk about how subtraction is the secret to addition. Now, no fluff, no stories. I got lots of stories because we just got back from Austin, but I want to get right into this podcast because it has been weighing on me. I have a copious amount of notes and I'm going to cram it in to teach you how subtraction is the secret to success. So I wrote a Facebook post last week and it went a little bonkers. And by bonkers, meaning it got shared a ton. I got a ton of comments and I got a ton of responses on my personal Facebook. And this one broke everybody's brains. And so I'm going to read you the post and then we're going to get into today's episode, just in case you're not friends with me on Facebook. Okay, here we go. Subtraction is greater than addition and subtraction equals success. Hoarding potential never works. Sticky notes, to-do lists, acquaintances, contacts, open invitations, dates with no date, and any other open loops, i.e. the Zygarnik effect, only delay or delete success. Ingredients never cooked will never create the delectable dish. The only path to a yummy meal, metaphor for success, is to only use the ingredients you need in the order you'd like to create the desired results. Nowhere in the middle of a recipe to use stop, drive to the grocery store, buy things for two other recipes, try to incorporate them, and then wonder why the food sucks. You can add all the Facebook friends you want. You can follow all the people on Instagram that you want. You can exchange information or business cards with as many people as you want. But if you do not pick the ingredients you want and start using them, you will simply never eat. The key to success in business and in life is this. Life is in a constant state of intentional and abundant subtraction to create the addition of joy, success, money, connection, and beyond. So this week, this week is the purge. Unneeded meetings, canceled. Phone contacts, erased. Emails not acted on, deleted. Partnerships, amended, tightened, or deleted. Team members, audited and adjusted. What's one thing you're committed to subtracting this week? My favorite line of what I wrote, that resonates so true to me. Life is a constant state of intentional and abundant subtraction to create the addition of joy, success, money, connection, and beyond. And so you can fill in whatever that is for you. And most of the comments I got were, oh my God, this lands, but I don't know what to do. How do I do it? George, can you expand on this? Can you do a podcast? Yes, I can. 
And for those listening, I love you. I hear you. I appreciate every DM. I read every one of them. I respond to you and I listen. And so here's what we got today. We're going to talk about this in a condensed form and I'm going to give you very practical steps on how to subtract and some key tips to make the most of this exercise, this method, this thought process, right? And and I'm going to be referencing some things, but I'd like to start with some of the greats. And by greats, meaning people that have come before us, that we look up to, that we idolize, that we learn from, that have shared this wisdom before. But for me, it always helps in the perspective to be like, oh my God, okay, I got it. I'm not alone. This isn't an isolated message. And I do learn from the greats. I emulate what works. I pay attention to what people are doing and then I apply it into my own life. And so the first one that I have to say and I think this is what I'm going to title this episode, but I haven't figured that out yet. The secret to success starts with subtraction. You will win by saying no more than yes. And Tim Ferriss said this, and I think he said this in the four-hour work week, which was, this is a blast from the past. If you don't have time, the truth is you don't have priorities. Think harder, don't work harder. Tim Ferriss. If you don't have time, the truth is you don't have priorities. And this is a concept that took me a long time to understand because I used to convince myself I didn't have time. But I was convincing myself I didn't have time for the important things like my family, like my friends, like my health. But the catch-22 is that I only had time for those, but I was convincing myself I didn't as a really subservient form of self-sabotage. But the truth is, is that I always have time, the same amount that you do. It's where I choose to spend it. It's how I choose to prioritize it. It's what I choose to say no to that allows me to say yes to the thing that actually matters, okay? So Tim said that, which I absolutely loved. And then Steve Jobs said this one. And I think this is one of the most profound things. And there's a part in this quote that I love to pieces. He said, people think focus means saying yes to the thing that you've got to focus on, but that's not what it means at all. Focus means saying no to the other hundred good ideas that you have and that are there. And you have to pick carefully. I'm actually as proud of the things we haven't done as the things I have done. Innovation is saying no to a thousand things. Steve Jobs said this, and if you don't know who Steve Jobs is, I can't give you that answer. Focus is not saying yes and spending time running towards or executing the thing that you must focus on. It's saying no to the other hundred good ideas that are there that would prevent you from starting or distract you from giving it your uninterrupted focus, attention, and energy. You have to pick carefully. I love that he says, I'm actually as proud of the things we haven't done as the things that we have done. And I think that is such a profound statement that can get packed so deeply down with meaning for all of us. And then the last quote that I have, productivity is not about being a workhorse keeping busy, or burning the midnight oil. It's more about priorities, planning, and fiercely protecting your time. By Margarita Tartakovsky. Tartakovsky. I can't pronounce that to save my life. I apologize for butchering that. And so what I love about this is these are three very, very famous, very, very successful, very, very renowned leaders and in the form of productivity and creation and impact. And all of them are harboring the same conversation because in our day, if you think about our day, when we wake up in the morning, the first thing we do, we wake up, maybe we check our phone, right? We are literally getting bombarded thousands of times 
just in the morning of our day by the outside world that has no thought, process, feeling, or care about our success demanding our attention. The outside world, the Facebook notification, the Instagram notification, the email, the phone call, none of those things are happening of like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to send this to George because this is going to ensure George succeeds. All of those things are coming in completely disconnected from my results or my success, but filling a need in some form or another. And it's my job, my job to keep walls and containers and boundaries up to allow those in when they belong in where it's going to move me closer to my vision or to my goals, but then to reject them or make them wait or leave them when it's going to hinder it. And that is not always the popular opinion. I don't care that you text me at 7.30 at night. When I am with my family, you can fuck off. I'm not going to respond to you until the next day when I'm in my office. And sometimes that means I let your text sit for three days. I love you, but if you send me a business text because you have my phone number and I don't have anything or space in my calendar and I have other priorities, I will get back to you and I always do. I don't check my email. If you email me at 11 p.m. and you expect a response in an hour, number one, we're probably never going to work together. And number two, get over it because that's not how this world works. We live in a world that has conditioned us to consistently disconnect from ourselves to be readily available at beg and call for everybody else, which basically advocates us of any semblance of self-reliance and self-discovery and time and all these amazing things that we have. And it's our job to keep those in focus because what I realized for years of my life is that those demands were coming in and I wasn't really saying, fuck you to the person sending me the email. I was actually saying, fuck you to myself for creating that paradigm, for creating that context, creating that container, and then allowing it. And then it was easier to blame them It was easier to gaslight them or make them the bad enemy rather than own the fact that I was showing up in such a way that they thought that it was okay to text me at 8 o'clock at night or to call me at 10 o'clock at night. And that's on me. That is on me. And so the proper recourse that I took many years ago was as those things started to happen, I started to renegotiate those relationships and say, hey, man, like, I love you. That's why you have my phone number. It's really important to me to have clear boundaries and containers. And so I would ask that you please don't text me any work stuff that's reserved for my email. But if you do happen to or if it's an emergency, you know, send 911 or else I'm going to wait to get back to it because I will do it during working hours. Or, hey, when you send me those emails, email me any hour of the night. That's why it's my inbox. I'm not checking it. But it would be awesome if you want a faster response, if you put the context of the email in the subject line so I can open it and make a snap judgment. But please don't expect for me to get back to you. And then I took it even further and had an autoresponder. This, and I learned this from our dear friend, our amazing team member, Ashley DeLuca, the queen of email. And she's probably going to listen to this. But Ashley has the most beautiful email response to every time you email Ashley, you get a response and it's a GIF in the email of her and her son. And she says, I got your email. And then she sets a context that, hey, typically it takes me 24 to 48 hours to get back to you, but rest assured, it has been received and I will get to it when the time is there. And so these are all ways in which we are subtracting noise. We are subtracting distraction. We are subtracting all of these things that try to pull our attention and pull our focus away from the things that matter And we're protecting them so that we can focus down. 
And so the concept of subtraction equals addition is really just Pareto's principle or what you've heard referred to as the 80-20 rule, right? We've heard this thrown around all the time. The hardest part for me has always been sticking to it, right? So for example, like I love editing videos. It's fun for me. But a video is never finished because I will watch my quote unquote finished video and then I have a thousand more ideas that I want to do. Like, oh, I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. But the truth is, is that they're diminishing returns because they'll never see the light of day. And if I don't post the video, it never has the chance to have the impact as designed or desired. And I can always go back and make iterations. But for me, it's a big process of staying focused on the things that matter. Just like this podcast, I started outlining this episode. I found myself 45 minutes later, finding more notes and thoughts and breaking them down. And I'm like, oh, we're into like big territory. And I looked at my notes and I was like, if I record this podcast based on these notes, this is going to be a three hour podcast and nobody's going to get any value. So I hit highlight. I highlighted half of it and I hit delete and I summarized it down so we could get it into, you know, 20, 25 minutes to be valuable, to be impactful. But then I saved all that text that I had into my rainy day folder of podcast ideas. And I'm like, okay, Well, I just don't do them right now. It's more important for me to get a show out, to make it valuable, to make it impactful, and then to come back to those if I have another idea or thought process to be able to keep the momentum going. And so when you think about it, you think about our world, you think about the world that we live in, we're surrounded by examples of subtraction equaling success, right? Give you an example, easy one, health, right? Someone's like, oh, I want to lose some weight, right? Typically, it's like, hey, you have to cut out the sugar, the food, the crappy food, right? Totally, totally fine, right? You have expenses going up in the business, right? Your business expenses are going up, but your top line revenue has not increased. What's the first thing that we do? We start subtracting expenses. We're like, oh, we won't spend that. We'll cut back here. We'll cut back here, right? Amazon, Amazon, right? Everybody believed that in order to buy books, you had to go to a bookstore. And Amazon's like, I'm going to subtract the bookstore. And I'm going to make books available. And in the beginning, it was a very slow process, but it all started with subtraction. It all started with subtraction because what does subtraction create? Subtraction creates space. And space creates the time, space, connection, and energy container needed to hear the whispers of your intuition, to hear yourself, to connect with yourself to give your full self to the tasks that matter, to be your fully focused and fledged self. And so I think about now, I think about my wife, I think about my kids, I think about my priorities. I get invited out with my friends all the time. But when I'm presented with a situation of like, God, you know what, I can go to dinner with my friends, get a sitter, or I can spend two hours with my son, I'm gonna choose my son. And it's not because I don't love my friends, but by saying no to that dinner, It allows me to say yes to the thing that's moving me closer or deeper to my goal and what's important to me and my success, which is being a present, connected, and loving father, knowing, and I'm about to cry, that my son will never be five again. That that day that he said, Daddy, can we go play this, won't ever come again because it's gone. And then there are times that I choose the dinners, but it's very intentional to fill my bucket or their bucket and our relationship But life and success is a series of choices of you relentlessly and ruthlessly protecting the things that matter by saying no to everything that doesn't to protect those core things. 
Now, did dinner with my friends matter? Yes, it matters a lot to me. I love my friends, but my friends also love me and understand. My friends also love me and know, and they live the same way because they say no to me when I'm like, hey, I took a week off. I want to go snowboarding and shooting every day. Like, bro, I got stuff to do. I'm like, oh yeah, sorry, right? And it's just a dance and it's a part of the game. And so when we think about how we get successful, we have to live in this state of self-awareness and self-auditing and really be clear on what's moving the needle and then what's preventing us from moving the needle effectively and then iterate as we go because the market's going to change. Social media is going to change. Email's going to change. Everything is going to change. The only constant that we have is our willingness to pursue it, which requires us to make adjustments. And so I remember when I started creating content, I created videos every day for like a year and a half. And I sprinted and sprinted and sprinted and sprinted, but there became a point where it was no longer a needle mover. I didn't have to do it every day anymore. I could come back to once a week and still be effective. And so I had to trim. And so as we do these different pockets, there's these places that we go where we might need to sprint or we might need to slow down. But the most important part of that is that we're doing it intentionally, that we're doing it aware of why we're doing it. And we're not doing tasks to do tasks. We're not doing that because some fucking Instagram guru said, this is going to grow your account. I don't give a shit what they said. And I don't believe most of them anyways. And nobody can tell you how to grow your account. But if you're posting six times a day because they told you to, but you're sacrificing your soul, you're not sleeping, your health is going down, but you're getting the six posts a day up, that is never going to have a positive return on your business. It's going to burn you out. It might last for a little while, but once the dopamine wears off, you get resentful, you get upset, and it doesn't do it anymore. And then four months was sunk, wasted, killing yourself and sacrificing yourself for something that somebody else said to do that was nowhere near aligned with what you said you wanted. And so the term subtraction also means protection. It also means constant, constant checking in and oversight and iterating to make sure that we're subtracting the right things, that we're saying no to the right things, that we're removing the right things, and then being willing to dance with it and make more adjustments. And so I'm going to tell you exactly how to subtract. I'm going to tell you exactly how to subtract. And this is what I do. And I'm going to give some examples and some frames of references. But this is really, really important because it's not difficult. It's actually so simple that most people reject the principle. But I've had Nir Ayal on the podcast who wrote a book called Indistractable and Hooked. And Indistractable is all about this. Like there's a ton of different things. We think about amazing books that help us rebuild positive habits like Atomic Habits. We talk about Benjamin Hardy's book, Personality Isn't Permanent, and how we can change it through intentional behaviors, right? We're surrounded by all this knowledge, all this knowledge. But my wife said this to me in the airport yesterday. She said, the most important part of self-awareness is not that you're aware. It's that once you become aware, you act on it. Self-awareness without action is just a new distraction. Self-awareness without action is a new distraction. And when it comes down to the number one secret or the number one step to be able to subtract effectively, step number one, is to practice the muscle of self-awareness every single day, at every moment that you can. Now, for those that are wondering, I recorded a podcast on this. I don't know what episode we're on right now because I can never keep track of the numbers. But on this show, episode 247, 
It's titled, This One Muscle Holds the Key to Your Success. If you've already listened to it, great. Maybe listen again. If you have not listened to it, it goes into this about what you're looking for and what you're practicing and how to flex this muscle so that you are connected and present in the actual world that you are in knowing exactly where you are so you have a starting point to make the determination about where or how you should subtract. So step number one is listen to my podcast on self-awareness. It's episode 247, and it's called This One Muscle Holds the Key to Your Success. I'm taking a sip of my Americano because I don't want it to be cold. That's step number one. And why do I say that? In quick summary, If your day is being run from everything outside of you, you're going to subtract the wrong things because you're not in tune and connected to the things that actually matter. So I, to this day, still become a slave to my inbox because I lose focus and have to plug it back in, right? I still find myself on an endless scroll. Typically, it's not social media. It's YouTube because I am addicted to YouTube shorts. They fill my bucket. I laugh. I love them. And it is the funniest mix of things you'll ever see, like sketch comedy, guns, uh, some food stuff, and video editing stuff. It's like hilarious. And I'm like not even a video editor. It's a hobby of mine. But my shorts are incredible, right? I find myself in these pockets. I find myself in the pocket of overworking out not even realizing it and then checking in and being like, God, I've been at the gym for two and a half hours. I'm like, that was not in the plan, right? It's not about being perfect. It's about being aware of how we're showing up so we can make adjustments because that two and a half hours in the gym could have also translated into three podcasts. And if I had to look at it, what moves the needle for me? Three podcasts or two and a half hours in the gym? The two and a half hours in a gym was a mental release. There was no more physical gain for me. I'm not a competitive athlete anymore. I could have done an hour of hit training, crushed it, been present, come back and knocked out three episodes. And so those are the things that we have to practice. And so the number one key, step number one, is practicing really integrous self-awareness about how we're showing up every day. And it's impossible to do that if how we're showing up is being dictated by the outside world or all we're doing is reacting to the things that are around us, okay? So step number one is that. Step number two, become ruthless and relentless about eliminating unimportant stuff. Become ruthless and relentless about eliminating unimportant stuff, okay? This number one thing for me is being ruthless and relentless and letting go of the false expectations I convince myself that others have about me. I love you. If you text me, I'm going to text you back, but it doesn't mean I have to do it in 30 seconds. If I want to help you and you ask for my help and I say yes, I'm going to say yes and it's okay. I don't have to stop what I'm doing today and do it. I can do it on my time because I said yes. If I find myself doing tasks that don't need to be done that aren't my thing, I have to stop them and I have to willing to literally, literally walk away and willingly be like, no, I'm done. And I'll give you a tangible example. I'm standing in my office and what you see is part of the studio side, right? You see the blue lights next to me, the sound panel, the wall behind me with the beautiful you know, pinkish red light because that's my jam. But in front of me, what you don't see is my office looks like an atomic bomb went off. From our last event, all my event stuff is out. And then I have these beautiful photos on the floor over here. There's about 24 of them in my family that I'm putting up on a wall that I'm going to be filming in front of. And I really want to look at them. It's directly across from my desk. 
and I want to hang them up. And I'm pretty handy. I can get all that stuff done. But this would probably take like two, three hours for me to do. And there's no point in which it's actually a beneficial thing for me. I need them hung up. I don't need to be hanging them up. Now, so with that, they're sitting on the floor. They're all open and laid out. And then on my to-do list is, hey, call my buddy who's a handyman who loves doing this stuff to come do it so that I can work and be present. Now, one caveat to that is if I want to do it, I can choose to intentionally do it because it's filling my love bucket, my happy bucket, you know, my my working with my hands bucket. But that in this case is not. It's actually preventing me from doing something that's mattering. So I started it. Like they're laid out on the floor and they've been sitting on the floor for 12 days. Luckily, no one's in my office but me. I don't have any of my staff here because they're remote. Some of them will be coming in. But for now, I can get away with it. And it's just mildly embarrassing if anybody comes to my office, but I look at it. But I had the willingness to say no to that. And then I stopped what I was doing. I hit it on my list. I reached out my buddy. He's going to come hang it, which bought me all that mental bandwidth. It's closed. It's complete. It's done for me to come back and focus on what actually matters. So step number two is you have to be ruthless and relentless in eliminating the unimportant stuff. And so one of the exercises that I like to give people is to create a not-to-do list, right? This requires that you audit your entire day from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. And the first place I recommend you start is you open your phone if you have an Apple iPhone and you go to screen time and you tell me how many hours you spent in your email app, on your messages, in your social media, on YouTube, in games, and it will blow your fucking mind. It will blow your mind because that's where I start every single week. And I used to spend an average of six, seven hours a day on my phone. I've worked really hard and now I'm down to less than an hour and a half. And most of that time is when I'm commuting in my car, listening to audiobooks. And so it's a practice, it's a muscle, but start there and go through there and ask yourself, oh, okay, these are the three most important tasks in my day. Did any of these things help me get those done? Probably not. Uh, when I went and did that, when I went and did that, when I went and did that, no, 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 no. It's not about guilt. It's just about awareness. And so you have to start to audit. And what you will start to identify is that there are very specific things that come up in your life, in your business, in your practice, in your email routine, in how you edit your podcasts and how you write emails and how you create content and how you do your laundry and how you make dinner, things like that, where you are surrounded by opportunity of improvement. But you have to be willing to eliminate those things to create the space. You're like, God, I don't need to do that. I do that every single time. Stop. And what you start doing is you create a not-to-do list, which becomes your contract with yourself and your success. A not-to-do list is a contract with yourself and your success. And I say that because if you stick to it, your success is guaranteed. But if you waver and you break that contract, you're doing distracting behaviors that are actually going to prevent the success from coming. And so create a not-to-do list and hold yourself accountable. And then when you have that not-to-do list, there's really only three options. You can either uh, delegate it, you can delete it, or you can defer it, right? You can delegate it, meaning you hire somebody to do it, you task it out, you delete it, you realize it doesn't matter, you never need it in the first place, or you defer it, meaning this is important, but I don't have to do it today. I actually don't have to do this for another 60 days. And you defer it out into the future to buy that mental bandwidth back. And so when I say become ruthless and relentless about eliminating unimportant stuff, that step is more important than the clarity of where you want to go first, because once you get the clarity, you need the space to execute. So step number two is become ruthless and relentless about eliminating unimportant stuff. And then step number three, become a master at identifying the truly important stuff. And I'm going to give you a couple questions that you can ask yourself 
And I want you to write these down or think about these and start finding the answers to these questions. Okay. Now, one caveat is if you can't answer these questions, I know exactly where you need to spend your time. Because when I ask you this first question, if you don't know this answer, then you've been set up to fail from the get-go and you need to find the clarity on this answer to be executing forward. Okay. So these are the four questions and they're loose interpretations. They're floating around, but they make a massive, massive difference. Question number one, if I could only do three to four things today that would move my needle, what would it be? If I could only do three to four things today that would move my needle, what would they be? I think Andy Frisella calls them high impact tasks. Uh, I know in the five minute journal, um, they're talked about as the three most important things. My buddy, Alex, uh, uh, Alex Sharfin, who you've heard on the podcast with his momentum plan, we have to identify him. You pick it and you pick any successful person in the world. They all know what their three needle movers are. I know what mine are. Mine are connecting with people on calls, creating content and building relationships. Anything besides that does not help me move the needle. It does not help when I'm hiding in my office, outlining content for six hours and the world never sees it. That's not a needle mover for me. So I know what my three most important tasks are every single day that I fall back on. So question number one, if you could only do three to four really important needle moving tasks every day, today, what would it be? Question number two, what tasks have an impact that lasts beyond this week or this month? What tasks have an impact that lasts beyond this week and this month, right? So we'll think about health as an example. You sleeping eight hours tonight not only benefits you tonight, but it benefits you a week from now, a month from now, and a year from now by maintaining that habit, increasing your energy, your longevity, your clarity, your mental focus, your brain's ability to function. And it has payoffs that come down the road, down the road for sure, right? When we think about, um, you know, let's say you're writing a book, you writing 20 pages today as an important task that's aligned to your vision is going to generate you revenue and attention down the road when that book is selling because those pages were done and it wasn't weighted or put off until the deadline. And then the book was never up to its full potential because we rushed rather than prioritized, right? So what tasks have an impact that lasts beyond this week or this month? That's question number two. Question number three, what tasks or needle movers contribute to the progress of achieving my goals. What tasks contribute to the progress of achieving my goals? And this has to be specific because I can think of 50 things that I can do today that would make me progress, but not progress in the direction of my goals, right? Not where I want to go this season, not where I want to sprint now. I could go start writing another book, right? Eventually I will, but that's not going to help me put on my event, not going to help me grow this podcast, not going to help me better fulfill in my mastermind, not going to help me grow my companies. And so I have that earmarked in my parking lot. So what tasks contribute to the success or the progress of achieving my goals? That's question number three. And then question number four, does this task have a higher return of value on my time investment compared to others? Does this task have a higher return of value on my time investment compared to others? That's an amazing question to ask. It's an amazing question to ask because we like to think that we can do everything. And I'm going to talk about this in a minute in one of my tips. But the truth is, is that we're probably not the best suited. So for example, me, I love email. I love writing email. I love strategizing email. But the hindrance comes when I start to write them. I can talk way faster than I write, and then I get frustrated, and it prevents me from actually creating more. Because I can create 100 emails 
in about an hour, but I can't write 100 emails in an hour. But the impact of me creating them, strategizing them, thinking through the entire customer journey, the seating, the positioning, the open, the value, how to create accountability and results for people, all of that stuff can be done in an hour. But if I then took that and started to write every single one of those, it would never, ever have a positive impact because my time investment is way, way greater than the return on value. And so that's something I have to hire out. Then I also think about things that I used to do that I'm blessed that I don't have to do anymore. But like I literally like used to field day and clean and do all the stuff. It's been one day a week cleaning everything top to bottom for like 10 hours because that was ingrained in the military for me. But I didn't really enjoy it. It was one of those things like, oh, I have to do it. The same thing with my landscaping, right? The amount of time that I invested had zero return of value. And then I hired the experts to do it, like my landscaper who charged me $50 a week to do what took me five hours a week to do. And he was like a machine. And I was like, oh, that was a really, really good idea. That was a really, really good idea. Or the eight to nine hours that I would spend cleaning our house. But then every two weeks, we can have a house cleaner come in that helps and does it all. And they love doing it. And it makes a massive difference for them and us. And I make a hundred times the amount of money in the time that I gained back and focusing on where it matters, right? So the last question is, does this task have a higher return of value on my time investment compared to others? That's the last question. Now we already at 30 minutes for a one Monday episode and I apologize, but like this is such an important topic. So I'm going to give you my four tips to wrap this up before we wrap today's episode. Okay. So really quickly, how do we subtract? We become radically self-aware. Step two, we become ruthless and relentless about eliminating unimportant stuff. Step three, we become a master at identifying the truly important stuff. And so go back and listen to those four questions that I gave you. I'll give them to you one more time. If you could only do three to four things today, what would it be? What tasks have an impact that lasts beyond a week or a month? What tasks contribute to the progress of achieving my goals? And does this task have a higher return of value on my time investment compared to others? Now, here are my tips. Tip number one, do not overestimate your ability. I love to put 75 things on my to-do list, but the truth is I'm only going to do three to five of them well. I want quality, not quantity. I want quality, not quantity. So tip number one is do not overestimate your ability, which will lead to burnout and resentment. Tip number two, leverage other people. Nothing is a solo game. No matter how hard we convince ourselves, we can do it better. That's a shitty thought translated to, I haven't done a good enough job documenting, teaching, or guiding other people. I ran that program forever. I can do it better than ever. I can do it better than everyone. But the truth is what I was really saying is I'm not willing to invest in my skill, document my craft, and make it better to then be able to teach somebody and replicate it. And so I'm going to pretend I can do it better because I don't want to be held accountable to documenting it, making it better, and realizing that I don't know everything. That's what was really happening. And so you have to leverage other people. And if you say that you can't, you need to practice creating, documenting, and making what you do repeatable if you're going to outsource it and offload it so that somebody else can pick it up and succeed without failure and without micromanagement. Okay? That's tip number two. Tip number three, recharge yourself often. Fill your bucket. Do not suffer or slave and expect positive returns. I am not a big fan of this hustle game. I hustle harder. Go fuck yourself. I don't care. There is no point in sacrificing yourself and killing yourself so when the result comes, you're not alive to have it. 
there's no point in sacrificing yourself so that whatever you're touching and putting into the world has a negative connotation of like resentment or strain. None of those will ever lead to positive results. So make sure you're intentionally checking in. There's no athlete that trains at full bore every day, all day, forever. It would kill them. Temperance is the key here. And so tip number three is practice temperance, fill your bucket, recharge yourself off. And if it's a walk, if it's a breath work, if it's a song, if it's a dance party in your office, whatever that is, give yourself that space and then come back with vigor to what it is that you want to execute. And then tip number four, use your time wisely because you have very little uninterrupted quality time every single day. And you need to figure out how to prioritize that. For me, it's in the morning. The first thing I do every day is record podcasts because I want to give every ounce of my energy to this show. I don't do a podcast after I do calls or coaching calls. All my podcasts are recorded the day, the moment I begin my work that day. That's it. I give it all. Then once my podcast is done, I can go do other stuff. But I've tried to do podcasts after coaching calls and after events and after all these things. And as much as I convinced myself I could do it because I could energetically, It never had the same value or quality that my uninterrupted time did. So this is my podcast. This is something I'm proud of. I want this to be my legacy, but I also want it to be an expression of me, not diluted down based on my day and other experiences. And so my uninterrupted time is used here. And so that is tip number four. Okay. So the four final tips, don't overestimate your ability, leverage other people, recharge yourself often, and use your uninterrupted time wisely. So that my friends, is how subtraction equals addition or how subtraction equals success, how subtraction equals progress. And realizing that the key to subtraction is actually saying no and preventing those things from coming in that would take away from your energy and input into the things that truly, truly matter. And so I want to leave you with this quote that I wrote down. This was my takeaway that I wanted you to take for the show. And then we are going to wrap the show. So I'm going to hit this quote and we're going to cue the outro. So here we go. It will never matter how many hours you work or how many things you get done. All that matters is the value you create. That should become the measure of your productivity and success. It will never matter how many hours you work or how many things you get done. All that matters is the value that you create. That should become the measure of your productivity and success. So start subtracting, start protecting. And through that subtraction, start adding into all the things that it is that you want, creating your success and carrying that momentum. If I can help in any way, if you want to ask me a question, if you want to tell me what you subtract, if you want to ask where to focus, shoot me a DM on Instagram. My Instagram is it's George Bryant. You know, I'm there. I will respond. I will most likely respond with a video to help you the best that I can. But either way, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being a fan of the show. If you haven't already, please hit subscribe. If you've made it this far, you're kind of speaking my language and I can't think of anybody who can actually listen to me for 30 minutes that doesn't like me. So you might as well just just subscribe now so you can get the new shows. So subscribe, leave a review if you haven't already. I read every one of them. They fill my bucket. I love them. And please share this episode with somebody if you know it will make a difference. And don't just like ghost them. Don't drive by them. Be like, hey, I heard this episode about subtraction and helping you. And so I figured I'd send it to you because it's a really good listen. Go check out this one part because it'll make a difference for you and help them navigate this. So they're not saying no to it, but they're saying yes, and you can put it into practice. So have a beautiful day. Remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. And until the next time, no, that's it. I'll just see you next time or hear you next time. Have a good day. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.